So, where did we leave off? <laughs> it's amazing to think that two years almost has passed since we gathered on a Sunday morning. As well has been documented in other places, I am a creature of habit. The same banana and fresh water and hot, dark coffee to start each day in the quiet darkness of the early hours. There is something freeing to pattern and predictability. One of the great blessings of a regular practice of church is that it punctuates and shapes our lives. Returning here to this holy place, walking, driving, making our way here through all manner of weather, returning to these pews, to this window, to this good company. There is something grounding and freeing in the rhythm. It's good to be back. And it was hard to be away. This has been a difficult time for so many of us. We have lost so much. We have been stretched thin. We are afraid. Now, two years in, I have noticed every once in a while, myself and others were a bit raw. Of course we are. We would be robots if we weren't somehow affected by the enormity of all we are going through. It has been just so vast. And here, one of the great gifts of the Unitarian Universalist path is that we strive to live lives of integration and exploration and growth. All of our lives, all that we are facing together as a human family, all we are facing in our own personal lives, this is the raw material from which we build self. This is the raw material we build community and the world. Our theme, just recently for a little while, has been holding history, and in the Vespers services a little while ago, we spoke of one of our first women ministers, Mary Safford. She was a trailblazer and a visionary. She made the way for so many women who followed and has shaped so much of our theology and practice for all of us. I love how she articulated this integrated spiritual life. In 1890, she wrote, true religion must be first of all free religion, free from the irrational dogma that discourages personal growth, then, too, it must be understood as a part of the human experience, as something as real as the law of gravity or the solar system. She says it must be put to the test of reason and everyday living as a process worked out through community. The human soul would evolve not in solitude, but in society, as people make their common tasks divine. The spiritual path before us is grounded in this complex time. 
Sometimes the path is about grieving, sometimes about joy, sometimes about patience, accepting the slow and sometimes too fast pace of change in these complex days, all of it, all of this living, this is our path. To be sure, there have been moments of joy. So many puppies. <laughs> Rekindled relationships, rediscovered hobbies, strengthened love, and still it's been hard. I've been so grateful for all that has held me in this strange time. To be sure, my family, our incredible staff team here, our amazing teams of volunteers and leaders, so many of you have served with such passion and commitment and creativity. It has been an inspiration. In their book, How Can I Help, Ram Das and Paul Gorman write about the Hindu deity Hanuman. They say every act that Hanuman performs is an offering to Rama, one of the faces of God. His service brings him to the edge of unity and love. How powerful his vision, they say, when I know who I am, I am you. He says, kneeling before Rama, and when I forget who I am, I serve you. I love this. When he knows who he is, when he is clear and grounded in wisdom and truth, Hanuman knows that he is part of all things, that he is one with all, that divinity is within him and without him. But this is the best part, when he forgets, when he is distracted and distanced, when he feels apart and alone, he serves. And that service becomes the path back into connection and truth, back into community. Ramdas and Gorman continue, we work on ourselves and then we help others. And when we help others, that becomes the vehicle for working on ourselves. The fact of our unity becomes more real and powerful to us than the belief in our separateness. Our work here together has shown me this over and over again. Connecting in so many ways, in podcasts and worship services, online coffee hours, outdoor services, families together in pride marches, so many meetings, and so much more. Serving through working for justice, welcoming the Afghan family recently, working more broadly for immigration justice, working to make Belmont anti-racist, and welcoming and celebrating of LGBTQ plus folks, and so much more, serving through showing up for one another, feeding one another, answering the call when needed, making compassion and care concrete and real through these calls and prayers and rides and meals and so much more. Here we are, starting once more to rebuild. These are the words of Padraig Otuma. And they're in a 
book on prayer right at the end of the beginning of that book. He writes, Let us pick up the stones over which we stumble, friends, and build altars. Let us listen to the sound of breath in our bodies. Let us listen to the sound of our own voices, our own names, our own fears. Let us name the harsh light and soft darkness that surrounds us. Let's claw ourselves out of the graves we have dug. Let's lick the earth from our fingers. Let us look up and around. The world is big and wide and wild and wonderful and wicked, and our lives are murky and magnificent and malleable and full of meaning. Oremus. Let us pray. So welcome. Welcome to the beginning. Together, now we start to build altars with these stones. Together, now we answer the call of these days. We serve one another and our world right here in the midst of all of this pain and all of this beauty, undaunted somehow, hopeful still somehow, together we begin again. Amen. <laughs>